This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave in the piney woods of North Central Florida in God's country. In the Melvin Law Studio, Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the, say after me, Fighting Gator. And we're protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention. And we're sponsored by all the great sponsors you'll see floating by your screen from time to time. And please patronize them. They patronize us. And we thank those of you who donate to us. And uh, that helps us uh, do our production costs and do the research for you that you need to know about. You can't find probably anywhere else. Uh, Julia Acosta, all states locally owned. The lady grew up here, knows everybody. Patronize her if you can. Uh, good morning, Ray Stern. Good morning, Doug Whitaker from Mexico. So uh, we are, and Brenda Dolwick. So the early birds to class today are doing well. Well, well, well. I titled today's show Truth Versus Truth. I think I have finally got it figured out. Now, I'm going to try to work my way through it with you. And you're invited to correct me or have me repeat myself if I need to. But I've thought about it. And I think the only reason I could do it is because I used to teach students to write syllogisms. If this is so, then that's so. And if that's so, then this is the conclusion major premise, minor premise, wonderful brain exercises. I thought I would try one based upon what I've been sharing with you in class the last few days. And I think I'll start with this summary. The truth is not the truth. Huh? And I've been thinking about all the ways in which, quote unquote, the truth is in the news. What's the truth of Israel? What's the truth of Hamas? What's the truth of January 6th? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I got to thinking about why they can't agree on the truth and who is they? Well, basically the great political divide in the country, which is made up of, essentially, I've decided, correct me if I'm wrong, people who believe in a constitutional republic with power limited by the Constitution. And then those across the aisle, if you want to use that image, who believe the Constitution is a moving target, a breathing document. There are no absolutes in it. That situations 
call for a redefinition of a term. The right to bear arms is a perfect example. Oh, well, they only meant that back then. They really don't mean it now. Well, it says right to bear arms. Yeah, but arms to them is not arms to us. And some of the most abusive manipulations of the Constitution are those who, quote-unquote, stick things in it, like abortion. You don't stick that in there as a right. It doesn't go there. It goes down to the states. If you want to put it in their constitutions, fine. If the United States Constitution, fine. But you don't just stick it in there. So it sort of divides itself, does it not? Into those who believe there are certain truths that are absolutes. And those who really believe there's no such thing. That it's all relative. It's all made up. Depending upon the situation. And you're demonized by the side that believes it's relative if you believe in quote-unquote Christian principles and if you believe that the Constitution is based upon Christian principles which states that they're absolute truths that we try to set up documents to imitate and work in accordance with hence was Rights be self-evident. There's several places you see this sticking its ugly head up right now. There's a letter, which I went over yesterday, written, well, not by Harvey Ward, of course, signed by Harvey Ward. asking for a ceasefire in the Middle East without ever, ever, ever mentioning Hamas. While ever, ever, ever taking a candid look at the truth. Just avoiding that. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns...
Zach, is that us? I lost about 10 minutes, 30 seconds. Okay. How long is it off, you think? Okay. Uh, we got this fixed, fellas. Thanks for letting us know in the chat. Uh, John, I'm going to repeat what I was saying for the last couple of minutes. You would think that a baby torn from its mother's womb and baked alive in an oven while the mother was still alive watching, would be an absolute truth of barbarianism. And you would think that that would give a city like Gainesville pause before it wrote a letter asking for some form of mercy. Now, I'm assuming the audio is back on. I only see Alex Lopez. Everybody else says it's on. Okay. Now, so my title for today, Truth Versus Truth, should really be Relative Truth Versus Absolute Truth. If you believe, as the left apparently does, that absolute truth is not doesn't exist. It's all situations, all relative. You're going to be diametrically opposite to the constitutional republic people who believe there is there's such a thing as an absolute truth. I come down on the side. This is an absolute truth. There's certain absolute truths, certitudes. I mean. How can you avoid that? Well, you avoid it by only picking and choosing the evidence that you want to pick and choose. I'll give you just a practical application of this using Gainesville. Newsbreak has an article about the Florida city that has the highest poverty rate in the state. Now, you know that poverty is a societal issue, that it is relative. I don't know that what we call poverty is what is called poverty in Africa or really hard places. So it's poverty in light of what's available to others in the same socioeconomic situation. Gainesville, according to Newsbreak, has the state's highest poverty rate. Now, this doesn't surprise me because it has the university. It has two truths. The university standard of living, and all those employed directly by it or indirectly by it, which is a lot of people, plus it's being off taking the tax rolls and splitting only 
leaving 50% to tax, is a far cry from everybody else who's not employed there. The rate of poverty in Gainesville, according to Newsbreak, is 26.9%. Yet, of this city, in Alachua County, has a diverse population. It would have a diverse population in spite of diversity, equity, inclusion. But about 133,000 residents, that's the 2020 census. It has a demographic mix of races and ethnicities. 60% in Alachua County and Gainesville uh, identify as white. 21.8% as black or African American. And 11.7% as Hispanic or Latino. And 4.3% as Asian. So where does the poverty come from? Well, it's a one-horse town. There are low-wage industries. That's it. Retail, food service, hospitality. There's no manufacturing. Also, Gainesville's poverty is particularly high among those lacking a high school diploma. 33% of the people in Gainesville without a high school diploma live beyond the poverty line. This extends far beyond the financial restraints and the effects it has. Yet, Harvey Ward writes a letter asking for time out in a war that has nothing to do with the basic issues facing the city he governs. Why? You have to ask yourself, why? Why would you not work to get some sort of truly diverse economic base here? The impacts on the Gainesville residents are going to be even greater when you tax them 29% 29% more because you lost 29% from your cash cow from GRU, which you ignored so much that the state had to take it out of your hands. Election integrity. There are two versions about election integrity. The Ward Scott files, with the help of our investigator instigator, caught outlandish cheating. Outlandish cheating in the 
election of Watchville County. And that all is still going through the uh, court system. But there's now a national attitude about election integrity. And we're coming up on a very important election. And there's two truths about it. One, Democrats think it's fine. But a poll shows that election integrity across the nation has gone out the window. The majority of Americans no longer believe the election system in our nation is honest. A, don't believe the FBI is honest. They don't believe the CIA is honest. They don't believe the judicial system as as they watch Trump in New York. Furthermore, 51% of the people polled said they believe mail-in ballots are one of the big devices that make it easy to cheat. And who is an advocate for mail-in ballots? The Democrats. They believe that cheating will take place in the 2024 election. The Heritage Foundation election fraud database, fraud beep, lists nearly 1,500 proven instances of voter fraud with more than 1,200 criminal convictions. The people who dare to question that, including the law, the Ward Scott files, were censored. The poor guy they're after the most right now is the Mike Pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. They're absolutely trying to bankrupt him by grinding him through the court system because he dares to stick to his guns about his belief that there is election fraud. That's according to the Western Journal. The Western Journal is no slouch. You look around the world, and I have to say, this might be a beacon of hope. According to Breitbart, who's reported it now, in Argentina, they have just elected a popular, popular president that actually took on the, quote, corrupt system and defeated it. This guy, Javier Melier, I think is the way you say his name, correct me if I'm wrong, won the presidency in Argentina in a landslide on Sunday night. He defeated a socialist 
but what brought the people out. Hopefully it won't take that here. Inflation of 140%. Skyrocketing poverty and joblessness. And the worst economic crisis in the nation's history. This guy is a libertarian. I have heard more and more people lately say they don't want either party. They want another party. It looks as if this was successful in Argentina. He promises to install the U.S. dollar as the official currency. He promises to dramatically cut government spending. He promises to abandon a pro-Iran, pro-China policies of the incumbent president and the long line of socialists who've been there. Apparently, socialism has reached its end there. So, where are we along the continuum of that fight? I don't think we're anywhere near the end of it as long as we keep printing money to hide it, which is another relative truth. The dollar doesn't have an absolute value. We keep eroding the value by printing more of it with nothing to back it up. Hopeful? My concern is that we're maybe one election away from that. Look at the Harvey Ward letter. The heartfelt letter about Hamas. While the city soaks up more and more poverty and more and more financial incompetence. We're not there yet in the city of Gainesville. It's going to take some more implosion before it dawns on them. I think that their relative attitude about certain accounting principles, like all the numbers in the black should exceed the numbers in the red, haven't hit home yet. They haven't evidently gotten that point. So if it can happen in Argentina, one would hope it could happen in the United States of America. Norton Seltzer says he's talked to a felon who voted for the last 30 years. Yes, our voting system, if you want to call it that, is as porous as you can get. And the Democrats are wanting it more porous the farther you get away from an absolute day. Back to my terms today in today's class. An absolute day when you vote. The more the days become relative. Okay, you vote on Monday, I'll vote on Tuesday. 
about a month from now. There's no absolute day of voting. There's no absolute day where a politician has to present or put his best foot forward because he's going to put another foot forward the next day. And the next day he's going to put another foot forward. So he's not going to have any absolute days. And that keeps him from ever having to take account or be responsible for what he says or she says. And it's done that way on purpose. And believe me, look at the punishment you get for questioning it. Look at the punishment. There is a film coming out now, according to the Epoch Times, that is going to show another side of the January 6th committee and the January 6th occurrences. 44,000 hours of January 6th footage to the public. That is um, going to indicate, is it not? That we ain't got to the truth of January 6th yet. That people feel that those who are persecuting them for the behavior on January 6th caused the January 6th because they spurned the public's attitude every time it wanted the truth from its government. And they did it from 2016 on, relentlessly, shamelessly, until the people couldn't take it anymore. Truth versus truth. Relative truth versus absolute truth. Think about it. We're going to take a break. Back with Ward's weather. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. The Kiera Grace Foundation proudly presents an evening with Tim Tebow. Thursday, November 30th at the Touchdown Terrace at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Experience a once-in-a-lifetime VIP meet and greet with Tim. Hear his heartfelt stories and his unyielding dedication to the most vulnerable. With your support, we can extend the reach of the Kiera Grace Foundation to save precious lives in Latin America. Get your ticket before they sell out. Don't miss your chance to meet Tim Tebow, be inspired, and make a tangible difference. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are... 
crime prevention security systems large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right. All right. Thank you very much. I got my assistant here eating my coffee up for me. I tell you what, got a great production team here. And um Studess, Ward's Weather Report now. And uh brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Stations, Fossil Fuel. We could, I think my buddy up in Atlanta is gonna get blasted. I think Plantation Marsh gonna get blasted with some real heavy rain here in uh the next 24, we may get a little bit of it, but it looks like it's going to cut right through across Atlanta, on up in that way towards New York with severe weather, including tornadoes. So, Mark, get ready, brother. Um out west, they're going to get a lot of winter chill around the Denver area in time for Thanksgiving. Yeah, come on. What would, it, what would Thanksgiving be without bad weather, huh? And right now we've got pretty mild temperatures. Uh, let me check them. 72 degrees. But the skies are dark and the wind is blowing a little. I don't think we're going to get blasted. But you all made to the north of us. I'm checking my chat line. Yes, the next 12 hours will tell the tale, Mark. We're talking about relative truth versus absolute truth. It seems to be a, a way in which you can understand the differences in the political parties. If you're so inclined to do mind games like that. 
And one of the ways you can evaluate your thinking is to check it against examples in the public life. Now, you have heard us talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. God, for months, I mean, just for months. And now the Wall Street Journal with John Saylor has got a big investigation report on what diversity, equity, inclusion has done to Ohio State University. Now, we know what it's done to the city of Gainesville. We know what it has done to the University of Florida. I reported on that years ago. John Saylor, I'm going to go through his article because he's done a very good job of citing examples of this DEI madness that is really incubating in the universities. There was a search committee. He opens his article looking for a professor of military history, which I happened to love when I was at military school. I got A's in all those military history courses. And the reason the search committee went looking for a professor of military history is because they wanted an applicant that could pass the DEI criteria. They rejected one applicant, quote, because his diversity statement, get this now, demonstrated poor understanding of diversity and inclusion issues. Poor understanding of diversity and inclusion issues. Don't you think that Newsbreak, when it reported on the city of Gainesville having the highest poverty rate of any city in the state Are you with me? Where we're going? Had it because you did not include the folks, the minorities in your educated cap and gown culture. Another committee, so writes Mr. Saylor, noted that an applicant to be a professor of, get this, nuclear physics could understand the plight of minorities in academia because he was married, quote unquote, to an immigrant in Texas in the age of Trump. Are you, are you serious? 
Now, this is these are examples that Mr. Saylor has opened his Wall Street Journal article with that he called from more than 800 pages of diversity, faculty, recruitment reports, which he had to do a public records request to get. He, re- he discovered that, for example, in February of 2021, the president then of Ohio State, Christina Johnson, lost, launched an initiative to hire 50 professors whose work focused on race, and are you ready for this, quote-unquote, social equity. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that social equity is code for communism. Everybody's paid the same. Everybody works for the state. How else do you get social equity? She went looking for 50 professors whose work focused on race and social equity and, quote, 100 underrepresented and BIPOC hires, end quote. And BIPOC is an acronym that stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. I submit to you, I doubt it stands for Asians. Are they people of color? Well, depends on what country you're looking at in Asia, right? Ohio State search committees went deliberately looking or candidates, and rejecting those who would not fit this description, who, quote, would amplify the values of diversity, inclusion, and innovation, end quote. Now, let me tell you where this is going on right now in this community. Shan's Teaching Hospital. I have been told by more than one Reliable source. Check me out. I want to be wrong. That practically the entire, if not the entire, staff of orthopedic surgeons has left Shans because of this. Being applied to new hires, retention of people, approach to medicine. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I will be. I like to be. It 
in the search by Ostate, one example said a candidate would greatly enhance our engagement with queer theory outside of the Western epistemological approaches, which would greatly support us both in recruitment and retention of diverse graduate populations. I don't understand that. I don't understand that sentence. I don't get that. I don't know what they're talking about. Once again, it's code for everybody has to think alike and view the definition of words alike. There can be no true diversity. And this is one of the real ironies about this. In looking for diverse points of view, the committee excludes those with diverse points of view. I mean, it's so obvious. It is so obvious. The committee's are being driven by political ideology, not medical expertise. In in the search for a professor of chemistry, the report noted that one particular candidate's, quote, experiences as a queer neurodivergent Latin X woman in STEM has provided her with an important motivation to expand DEI efforts beyond simply representation and instead toward, are you ready for this? Social justice. Social justice. Another report stated that as a white male, one proposed finalist does not outwardly present as a diversity candidate. Outwardly present. That means he's white. In spite of the fact that he had recently published on critical race theory. thing goes on. Very well written. A committee searching for a professor of freshwater biology. Huh? Now, how do you get diversity, equity, and inclusion into the search for Freshwater biology finalists. Well, you create a scale with a weighted rubric of 67% research, 
and 33% contribution to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then to evaluate the statements, the committee, the committee uses a rubric that cites several problematic approaches for which a candidate can receive a zero score. For example, if he, quote, solely acknowledges that racism, classism, etc., are issues in the academy. In other words, it isn't enough to be a freshwater biologist. That's not what we're hiring you for. We're hiring you partly based on your expertise as a freshwater biologist. But if you don't have any sensitivity or endorsement of the ideology that racism pervades higher education, we're not hiring you. It's really, it goes on. It's almost too much to take. And it's true. But it's been hidden. I'm going to stop reading that one. Here is one, a companion piece, I think we'll maybe wind down with this one. It's a New York Post article. There's a new film out called The Fall of Minneapolis. The film is about the truth that was buried in the George Floyd incident. That, I think, was one of the most profound misrepresentation of the facts that we've had. And this film is going to reveal a shocking tale of injustice and ruthless political operation that really was the seed of the January 6th Capitol riot eight months later. The film was produced by a lady named Liz Collin, a former anchor at a CBS affiliate in the Twin Cities, She was taken off the air during the riots and demoted because her husband, Bob Kroll, was the Minneapolis Police Union chief at the time. Her house was besieged by angry mobs, yelling abuse over megaphones, beating Panada effigies of the couple throughout the trial of Derek Chauvin.
here is the autopsy. Uh, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner, Dr. Andrew Baker, the day after Floyd died. Dr. Baker found, quote, there was no physical evidence supporting or suggesting that Mr. Floyd died of asphyxiation. He did not exhibit signs of damage to his airways or thyroid, brain bleeding, bone injuries, or internal bruising. There were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. The toxicology report shows that Floyd, age 46, had a fatal level of fentanyl in his blood along with meth, metamethamphetamine. It showed that he also had COVID and that he had severe arteriosclerotic heart disease. One of his arteries was 75% obstructed and that he had hypertensive heart disease. Ben Crump, the guy that always shows up for these things, referred to in this article as the ambulance chasing attorney, got $27 million from the Minneapolis City Council and told the media that George Floyd was a healthy young man. The documentary, well, of course, represented another view of truth. How much damage did that do to the country? Because it was the outcome, politically, ideology, ideologically, that had to be found incalculable, incalculable. Can't begin to count the different ways. Can't begin to count the different ways. Well, we'd hope to have be able to pull up for you. We couldn't do it. That's why we lost the sound a bit ago. Um, Kat Kamek taking on this character from Homeland Security, Mallorca, who will not truthfully answer a single question of hers. Uh, 
about the behavior and the corruption of the CIA. What she has the documents for on her desk as she asks him the questions. And he won't answer. So if you really get in a situation where relative truth versus absolute truth and you're caught, just refuse to answer. Or better yet, fail to recall. Nobody can question your memory. Just fail to recall. Or recall it the way you need to recall it. As I recall it, Plantation Mark says he saw it. We tried to pull it up and show it to everybody, Mark, but couldn't get it. So, what do we do? Well, as long as we can, we'll keep it coming for you to think about on the Ward Scott Files. We'll keep looking for sources that will not indoctrinate you, but let you have your own material from which to make your choices. That's all this is. You may still want to be on the side of the relative truth. That's your business. Okay, what we'll do is uh, production says we'll put a link in the chat for you to see this by Cat Camming. So when the show ends, you can take a look at it and um, you'll, you'll like it quite a bit. It's in there now. I just see it showing up. Take a look at that and you'll see what we're talking about, what we tried to get to you. We're going to be back tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have Ted with us and then we'll be taking Thursday and Friday off. I hope you have a good turkey day. I believe that's all I see in the chat line. So check the link out and watch my Orca avoid the truth. Wow. Have a great day. Thanks, production, for all your help. Warthog Command Center out. 